This is The Lowdown with Brave Mama, a community to see you, hear you, and support you on your journey living with pelvic organ prolapse. Hi there, it is your host, Steph Thompson, and seeing as it's still April, we were going to be bringing you a conversation about Caesarean Section Awareness Month. Now, we know how the world works and things don't always go to plan, so we've just had to do a little swap between this episode and next week. So this week, we are going to be bringing you a conversation with our friend Hayley Wildsmith from Auckland Hike Papressis. We interviewed Hayley back in season one, I think it was around episode nine, where we talked about her journey with prolapse and how hyperpressives have been able to help her. Now, Hayley has also been an amazing support to our tips and tricks for Women Living with Prolapse group as an admin for over four years. So what I'm going to ask you to do is bring an open mind to this conversation and see what you can learn. And just before we get into today's chat, I would like to thank our podcast partner for today, the Empowered Motherhood Program app. It was created by the pregnancy and postnatal expert, Kimmy Smith, and women's health physiotherapist, Liz Evans. This is physio-led exercise for every single stage of your motherhood journey. And while I'm not having any more babies for me now, in my motherhood journey, I really love to specifically focus on the pelvic organ prolapse section. For you, the listener right now, you can receive 10% off the lifetime of your membership. There is a link in the show notes below. So now let's get into our chat with Hayley. Oh, Hayley, I am so delighted that you are back on the podcast and joining us today. And I want to just start by saying you were specifically invited because you've got something amazing to share with us, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But as a fellow mom living with prolapse, where are you at right now on your own journey? Thanks for having me, first of all, Steph. Uh, currently, I am in quite a good place. I'm physically fit. I'm active. I'm strong. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Uh, pelvic floor-wise, I had a uterine surgery about six six months ago now, and I've completely recovered from that. So that was due to some ligament damage that I had repaired. And also we had to check a few things out inside my uterus and do a bit of a DNC and a biopsy, which thankfully everything came back as negative. So that's good news. And we're just going to monitor my health um, from here on out, similar to many women, I guess. That's amazing. I think obviously the last time we spoke to you, you hadn't had that surgery. So it's nice to hear that there's a a positive light for you, even after six months that you feel so much better and then recoveries on a journey. Something else was happening for you at this same time, which obviously I know because I've been so invested in watching you on your journey. You have created something and I want to just be really clear with everyone here. When we talk about this, what you've created, we are going to be guiding this conversation really back to pelvic organ prolapse specific, even though what you've created is not pelvic organ prolapse specific by itself, if that makes sense. How about rather than me rambling, you just tell us what it is and and how it helps women. Absolutely. So I have created, excuse me, a product called the Booty Kit. It is a kit for the glutes and it is intended to help women with their health. Overall, it's going to help you strengthen up your glutes and it's going to help with your aesthetics of your glutes, the shape, 
and also the function of your glutes, which therefore then helps your pelvic floor and your deep core strength and it's going to provide your pelvic floor with a whole lot of support with one of the most important muscle groups of the body being strengthened and worked. The secret source to pelvic floor and prolapse is having a really good connection with your respiratory system and how you use your breath and you work your pelvic floor and your core, making sure that your breathing mechanics are working well and mm -hmm. in order, in the right order and right synchronicity. And then we need support from the other muscle groups. So the glutes are the largest muscle in the body for a reason, right? We didn't make many mistakes through the evolutionary process. They're right there in the middle of the body, sitting right behind and, and underneath and around the pelvic floor. Yeah. So when we have weaker glutes, we've lost a whole lot of that structural support from underneath and behind. And the pelvic floor has to take so much more extra load and force throughout the day, every single day, because it doesn't have that backup system of having strong glutes. And the same goes for having a strong core. You know, if you have a strong deep core, that's going to help itself. So strong pelvic floor musculature, the transverse abdominis, which is that deep corset muscle or the deepest layer of the core, which is responsible for our stability and also our strength. So that muscle is also very important. And then together they really need to work and they should work as one unit. And when you have a missing link, and such an important missing link, such as weaker glutes, then you're really leaving your pelvic floor open to a whole lot of stress and trauma that it doesn't need to necessarily go through. With this product, it's it's designed to help women in many ways. Yes, it's going to help your aesthetics. And let's face it, as women, uh, that's important to us. We want to feel confident and we want to feel like we uh, look good in our genes. And 90% of women or more have cellulite. I've got it. I've had it pretty much as long as I can remember. Yeah. And I think if you took 100 women and if you asked 100 women, 90% of those, remember, probably have cellulite, would you rather have cellulite or would you rather not have cellulite? Most yeah. of them would probably say, I would rather not have it. But yeah. the, uh, the, the master plan of the product is really to help women with their their deep core system and with that I like to include the glutes yeah do you know it's it's funny as you were saying that I think in social media spaces and you've probably seen this there's been a big push for body self-love exactly how we are so that we don't have to compare ourselves to magazines and then so that oh. whole cellulite conversation but sure we love ourselves and we're getting better but the reality is when you look at your behind or you've, you know, or you, you're looking at your glutes and jeans or whatever it is, if you don't like what you're seeing, it doesn't matter how many times society tells you just love yourself how you are, just love you, and, you know, because it's been ingrained in us for so long. So I think our age group and our demographic, we already have that, even if you don't want to admit it, even if you say, oh, no, I've got self-love, I've got body love. But if you had a choice to not have a mum bum, you know, like the mum bums that just go totally flat, which for women with prolapse we know is not helpful. Absolutely. And you, and you lose all that muscle and you've got that flat mum bum because of the clenching of holding on to your prolapse, it doesn't help you. And then obviously you don't like the look of it. If you can change that, if there's an opportunity to do that and you want to do that,
I say, why not? Why not put here's, your hands? Here's the beautiful thing. Whenever we work for an aesthetic goal, as long as we're not cheating and taking shortcuts or doing any unhealthy habits to get there, you're going to be working on your health and your strength and your and your fitness as well at the same time. So I like to think of, of it as function first. Function should always come before aesthetics. Aesthetics are nothing but a byproduct of working on your strength and your optimal function. And mm -hmm. for women with prolapse, if we if we don't take the glutes into account, you're missing all of that support from underneath. Prolapse happens when the forces from above cannot be matched by the forces from below. And it can be something that will happen, say, straight after a birth, or it could be something that can happen progressively over time. And as women go through menopause as well, we lose a whole lot of structural support because we don't produce something called collagen. So collagen is like the glue that holds our body together. And we have this stuff called fascia, which is like comes in many different forms but if you can think of it like a web like a spider web through your entire body it's absolutely everywhere and the collagen helps hold the fascia there as well through our pelvic floor we have this fascia we have this webbing structural support so we have muscles and often in in the prolapse world women will talk about having avulsions, so a tear of a muscle which has happened through childbirth. But we often don't think about the damage that's happened to the fascia or the connective tissue, and that can be a big cause of prolapse as well. So mm -hmm. while we're trying to think of the body as a whole, we can't avoid the aging process. So the collagen, once we start to lose that, it's going to start to dissipate through through the body. And remember, that's like the glue that holds everything together. If yeah. you pair that with weakened muscles and also some damaged fascia, um, yeah, it's really, it's really hard. You know, you're fighting an uphill battle for your, for your pelvic health as we age. And if we can do something to help strengthen up the other muscles, which haven't been damaged from childbirth, mm -hmm. why would we not want to do that to help both preventatively and as a treatment plan for prolapse? A hundred percent. Every single time I talk about this, I like get on my soapbox. Every mm -hmm. women's health physio has said to me, I know you want to do your pelvic floor, like the Kegel type things, but you actually need to be building the strength of your glutes and your quads and your legs because that, like exactly what you just said, they're holding you from underneath. If that's all weak, you can do all the Kegels you want. Exactly. But it's not going to actually make a difference. And I think that's a big piece missing in the education when it comes to prolapse and rehabilitation is that they don't focus on the glutes. As much. I mean, we, we run quite a large support group of women with pelvic organ prolapse, and we hear all the time about women who have gone to pelvic floor physical therapy, which is absolutely important, and I feel like everyone with prolapse should be going through this treatment plan, at least to get an assessment. Uh, but you often hear that they're getting internal assessments through their pelvic floor. They might get told to do some Kegels. Some might get told to do hyperpressives now that that's being um, yeah. a little bit more well-known and used as a treatment plan for prolapse. However, not many of them, some do, but not many come back saying, I've been told to strengthen up my glutes. Mm. It's more pelvic floor focused, but then we're missing the picture because the, the human body is one big machine. It doesn't work 
in isolation. So your pelvic floor needs the support of the rest of it. And I think the crucifying thing for a lot of women with prolapse, especially if we listen to some of the old school mentality, Mm. oh, you have prolapse or oh, you've had a baby or oh, you've had a, a pelvic floor surgery. Well, you shouldn't ever lift anything heavier than seven kilos ever yeah. again. That yeah. is, a, is a sentence to having a weak body for the rest of your life. And, and that goes in other areas too, you know, for people who have uh, a health condition or they've gone through a surgery for another area. Being sentenced by someone who you trust as a medical professional telling you that you should never work out again or you should never lift anything heavier than than an infant. It's like our, our children grow up, you know. <laughs> um, live that's, your baby. Yeah. yeah that, that can be debilitating because then you're too scared to embark on anything that's going to strengthen up your body. And over time, and, and rightfully so, because you've been told by this medical professional who you trust yeah. that this is going to damage your pelvic floor further. And all the while, your body is just weakening over time. We're aging mm -hmm. as it is. And if you're not doing anything to cause a stimulus within your body and the muscles, it's just going to atrophy over time. They become dormant. They become lazy. And your body gets left more open to injury including the pelvic floor. Right. I love that you just went there because our, our physiotherapist that we had on, Liz Evans, she said that exact same thing. When you stop moving and you stop, you know, even just strengthening your arms for functioning, your pelvic floor actually then carries that. If your arms can't carry the weight that they need to to do something to function in the house, it all goes straight to here, which actually makes it worse. Absolutely. Your pelvic floor is in the center of your body. Again, just like the glutes, right? Just like your core. Hence why these are some of the most important muscles that need to be strong within the body. But if you're picking something up from up here, remember the forces from above. Yeah. Forces from below. If you haven't got enough strength in your surrounding muscle groups, your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes, your pelvic floor itself, your core, all of that force and that load's got to go to the center of the body. That's just how it works. That's biomechanics. Pelvic floor's there, and it's going to take the load. It's going to take the brunt. Do you know um, about, and I haven't yet recorded an episode on it, but it's coming, my experience of trying like the m cellar style chairs where they, you know, really kind of, I don't want to get the terminology wrong here, so you might be able to help me out, but those electronical stimulation to your pelvic floor while you're sitting on a chair so uh -huh. I did the whole program I think it's it's supposed to be six to ten sessions but I ended up doing 14 just because I wasn't seeing any difference as I was going on really yeah no so they thought that potentially some extra sessions would be helpful uh, but when I say it wasn't it didn't change my prolapse at all However, when I look back now, when I was doing that, that's all I was doing. That mm. alone. I wasn't doing the Pilates reformer and I wasn't doing the physiotherapy. I was just doing that thinking it was going to be the fix. This is going to fix me. I think, however, it may have helped your pelvic floor itself. Uh, I'm going to say no. Actually, I want to say it two different ways. It didn't change my prolapse or pelvic floor feeling itself. However, my recommendation would be that any woman 
should be sitting on that chair to know what a true pelvic floor lift is before they ever try and do a Kegel on their own. Because when you sit on it, and I I thought I was pretty well versed with knowing my pelvic floor because I've had the biofeedback and, you know, lift and squeeze and let go and I could see it on the screen. But when you sit in this chair for the first time, you're like, oh, that's, that's what it really feels like. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then you can then mirror that and do it yourself because you know exactly how it's meant to feel. I'm kind of doing that motion because it, I can almost go back to feeling like it's happening. I think everyone should have access to that. Watching you do that's prompting me to. Can I share one of the best public floor tips that I yeah. that I have in my toolbox that I can share that may help everyone out there? So with the Kegel, we're not just focusing on the clamping of the muscles, right? We're thinking of the lift of the pelvic floor musculature as a whole. We're not just trying to clamp the vaginal walls. We want to lift and we want to lift on an exhalation. So that movement there mimics a jellyfish. Okay, this is what I, so if you visualize and the way a jellyfish moves and swims is is beautiful. It's, it's rhythmic, rhythmic. That's what we want with the key with the pelvic floor as well. So when the jellyfish opens out, it looks lovely. It's fully relaxed and then it comes in and it picks itself up and it lifts. So if you can visualize how a jellyfish swims, and then relay that to your pelvic floor and then feel it. Feel the jellyfish swimming up on your exhalation when you're bringing your pelvic floor up. We're not trying to clamp. We're trying to swim the jellyfish up. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> trying to, because it. I think, as you said, when you visually see and hear someone, it definitely is better than just trying to do it on your own. And it, in fact, Here's a confession for you. I was in a healing session yesterday and then I just thought to myself, I don't think I've actually done any pelvic floor exercises for a little while. I've done all of the Pilates and the mental and the head and all of this other healing, but I was like, I haven't done them for a while and I haven't noticed any difference. And that's a good thing. I think when we first started, I was like clenching and trying to pull and trying to fix so bloody hard that it probably was doing more, like wasn't as helpful. I was going to say more damage, but it wasn't doing more damage. It wasn't actually giving me what I needed to create strength in that area, right? Let's just address the whole Kegel thing for a moment, if, if you don't mind. Love it. For some women, if you are hypertonic in your pelvic floor, doing Kegels and especially clamping and using a chair such as the Emzella chair can and most likely will make your pelvic floor issues worse. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't know how to do a Kegel, especially with a lot of the women who are hypertonic are clamping, they're squeezing, they can't get the lift. We want to be able to gently work and lift and move the musculature but for women who are hypertonic it can be damaging to just go away and do kegels until the cows come home so for those women it's more about relaxing the pelvic floor however you can so you mentioned you hadn't been doing any pelvic floor but you had been doing your pilates and if you're breathing correctly through your pilates which i'm sure you are uh, then you're doing kegels every single time you exhale of a rep if you're focusing on that that lift and that draw up, 
your pelvic floor is moving. Essentially, that's a Kegel. I mean, a Kegel is just a movement of the pelvic floor in isolation. But when we build on that, we build on the lift of the pelvic floor with the contraction of the, the deep corset muscle. We can build on that by doing, say, a bridge. We all know bridges are prescribed in almost every rehab program from pelvic floor issues to knee surgeries to, you know, absolutely anything. And pelvic floor lift, core comes on, glutes come on. That's still working your pelvic floor. Oh, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't make that. I didn't make that connection I, because I wasn't doing them in isolation before bed as oh. prescribed by the people who we trust. Yeah. So I love that this conversation is going that, that, that holistic type health. And mm -hmm. I hope for anyone listening and they can say, okay, I might need to ask different questions when I go back to my physio if they're only giving me one exercise to do in isolation on its own. And that's yeah. the key. If you look at a squat, for example, that is one of the best exercises that you can do for the pelvic floor. And Google it, even Google will come up with multiple different <laughs> references. However, we also know that that can be damaging for some women with prolapse, depending on their grade of prolapse. Mm -hmm. um, and you can look at it up, you can look it up, sorry, in Google, and you'll get almost every website saying squats are one of the best exercises you can do for a pelvic floor patient if you go in our support group and you write in everyone should do squats we would have so many yeah. comments by women saying i can't do squats there's no yeah. way I, if i did a squat i'd be in bed for the rest of the evening because everyone is different and when we generalize with pelvic floor health like that it's never going to be a one size fits all because everyone is so different in their grading and and their age gap as well so while squats can be labelled as one of the best exercises for anyone with prolapse, we know for a fact that it can also be debilitating for someone with prolapse. And then you get confused, you know, and it's like, well, then what do I do? Because how do I know what's going to help and what's going to hinder? And it, it can honestly be a bit of a trial and error process. But if you start from the basics and you use gravity as your friend, rather mm -hmm. than your foe, and you build up some some strength Sorry, while you are on the floor, yeah. then you can slowly progress into doing movements where you're standing up. And if you find you get to a point where you say go from doing bridges and sideline work, et cetera, on the floor, and then you want to progress into, say, kneeling squats, all oh, those are fine, so now I'm going to start standing squats. And then you start standing squats and all of a sudden you have an exacerbation in your symptoms. Well, then you know, oh, okay, my body's telling me something. Maybe I'm not there yet. Maybe I don't have my technique quite right. But you've got some avenues that you can explore and you can also regress and go back to what you know is helping you because just because you can't do that, all of this is helping strengthen your body so much. So why would you not do that? Keep and eventually you may be able to get to doing standing squats even for someone with a grade three to four prolapse without being aggravated um, with the help of a pessary. And everyone is different and everyone's journey is different. And that's why we can't come up with, and you won't be able to find one online, a program that's the best program for someone with prolapse. Agreed. But what we can all agree on is you need to work on your breathing mechanics. You need to Make sure that your pelvic floor tone is regulated. So it's not too high where it's too tight. It's not too low where it's too 
weak and soft, but it's somewhere in the middle. And then it can get the lift and it can also get the release. Then you go, okay, now I can strengthen up my core. Lovely. Everything's working lovely. Now I can strengthen up my glutes. Yeah. Now you're onto a winner. Now you're now you're quite a functional human being because the center of your body here is getting stronger. And whenever you work your glutes, you're working your pubic floor, you're working your core, and then your quadriceps and your hamstrings, so your thighs, will also be strengthened as a byproduct. So then you've got all of the strength and support from your lower extremities below the pelvic floor. And when you go to lift up your child or you lift up a box or you um, are doing an overhead press if you're in the gym, then you have that support from your lower limbs because they're strong now. Yes, yes, and yes. And I love everything you just said. You pretty much, I think, Haley just described my journey over the last three years because I was told – uh, sorry, I was asked to do a squat. I was like, I can't do that. I was very resistant because I had mm. was always told you can't do that. And I honestly couldn't. So I tried it and I was like, oh, that was terrible. But slowly, little bit by little bit, like as you said, laying down on the Pilates reformer bed, you are doing a squat, but the gravity is helping you because you are horizontal. Mm. To working up to being able to use a booty band in a squat standing up for a little bit of time to then being able to do it regularly now and the symptoms are exactly the same and by that I mean it didn't make it worse but definitely the strengthening of everything has been beneficial so I actually then like you said regressed or went back decided to go back to just doing it on the reformer so trying standing up I did feel more symptomatic so I stopped and I think that's the important message right is that You have to be in charge of having that connection with your body and listening to that feeling because I don't think any one person or any one program should ever be telling you prescriptive how to do things because all our vaginas are different. All our prolapse. 1,000%. (laughs) I will have clients in front of me and they can look like they have the best technique I have ever seen. But if something is not right internally, that's up to the person who's exercising to recognize and realize that feeling and then also respect your body. Troubleshoot it. Can I make that issue go away? Is it something that I'm not doing right? Am I not exhaling when I should be exhaling? Am I not bringing my pelvic floor up? Is the load too heavy? There's troubleshooting all of those things. And then if for someone with prolapse, if you truly know that you have gone through all of those steps, then perhaps your prolapse is just too advanced for the exercise load or the exercise type that you're trying to put on your body. And then you go, oh, I feel deflated. You know, I feel like this prolapse has beaten me. It hasn't because you still have so many other things that you can do that you've found prior to that. And it might be that you can't do a squat, Steph, but it may be that you can do a lunge. You just, you you know, it's not like the end of the world if we get to find something that, I mean, for me, for example, I won't lift heavy anymore because I know it's just, it's my pelvic floor just doesn't really like it. So I lift weights and I train regularly, but I won't go back to lifting heavy like I was prior to my third child. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that I can't 
do weights or train anymore. It just means that I've got to be a little bit smarter about my personal approach and and you find a workaround. So good on you for not being deterred by that and going back to what works for you. Yeah, right. And I just love that. We've, we've always been really open in saying that no stone will be left unturned, meaning that everything I do is to try and better how I live with prolapse. Because for me, there is at this very current day, this very current moment, there is no surgery on the table to be offered to alleviate what's happening for me. So I'm like, okay, well, what else is there? This is exactly why I asked you, can I please have this booty kit? Because initially, I mean, look, our ego will say, I just wanted to do it for my pelvic floor so that I can help it. But ultimately, I don't love having a mum bum anymore. I used to be an athlete. I used to like the way it looked. I used to like the way it felt. I like the, the way it supported me, whatever. So this is why I'm like, okay, I want to try this. Now, I've only it's only been very, very new, so I've only tried it two times. But I just want to do a little walkthrough of everything, if you don't mind, just because if anyone was interested in trying it and they want to see what it entails and what what do you do with it? Because I like the M seller chair, I feel like a lot of women, it's very, I don't know what it's like in New Zealand, but it's very expensive to even try it here. To very expensive here as well. Okay. So that is a barrier for a lot of people who say, oh, well, that's great. You got to try it. Nose don't unturn, but I can't do that. I think that something like this, would you say it would have the similar desired effect of what that is trying to do as well? The chair is designed specifically for your pelvic floor, correct? I haven't tried it myself, so I'm not sure what the chair is like to personally experience. However, one of the – people don't know what's in the kit yet. One of the pieces that's in the kit is, is an EMS device. So it's an electronic muscle stimulation set, and we have a pad which is designed – stick into everything – which is designed for your glutes. So you've got – one butt cheek on either side, and then you have a power pack up the top. And then we have two pads like this, which would yep. go underneath your bottom right. and wrap around the back of your thighs. Yeah, I was going to say, do they go on your thighs, like where your bottom creases in, or do they go lower? Because I, I watched the videos, but I wasn't sure if I was meant to have them a bit higher up under the cheek. Just under the cheek, roughly, it would be fine if there was a few centimetres there. I mean, it depends on the size of the woman that's using it as well. They might prefer to have it a little bit lower if they're taller than someone who's quite slim and short. They might prefer to have it right underneath the glute. But okay. you will find uh, for most women the problem area is that banana roll area, which is right underneath the glute. So, therefore, you would probably want to put it there. What's, so it these, What's it called? A banana roll? Banana roll. Oh, okay. That's what they call that little area underneath the glutes, the banana <laughs> roll. I like it. I now know. Yep. I love it. Okay. So you put it under there. Yep. And then you turn these on. Obviously, you set it to the program and then it, it gives you. So I can tell you because I've tried both. The feeling is very similar to the layer of the surface with the muscles and the way that it contracts and moves them. Obviously not the, the deep uh, pelvic floor, as you mentioned, because the chair is very super duper powerful. It actually can jolt, can jolt you in the, term, in the way of it's a bit scary at first, like, oh, my God, what is that? 
I've been rest assured that it doesn't cause damage. So in all of this, for anyone who's listening, I'm not a rogue. I actually go out and I speak to either my surgeon or my specialist first before trying anything because it's important that anything we do in life, if you are not unsure about it, you ask someone, is this safe for me with my condition where I am at right now? And then they say yes or no, and then you make your decision. It's up to you, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in that sense, yes, it's, it's sending an electrical stimulus or an electrical impulse into the muscle and then therefore the muscle will contract it is set with different rhythms depending on which mode you select so you have one two three and four Mm -hmm. and then within each mode you have an intensity level which you can turn up by the top button and it's going to get stronger in terms of the signal that it's sending into the muscle and therefore your muscle will contract harder or lesser depending on how you would like to have it. I know you tried it on one of the lo- one of the first levels, level one, I think, and you had it on quite low and you felt that it was contracting enough. I did. I did. Well, I, you could see me. I started laughing when you said that because I was laying on the bed and my seven-year-old daughter was helping me and she just kept pressing it and it went really high. I'm like, stop, stop. And then she's like, oh, sorry, mum. And then my bum's just kind of going all over the place. <laughs> but then I went that you can actually just do it yourself. Like, if you, you can do it yourself. Yeah. You it's it. an experience. It's all, it is an experience the first time. So I definitely will say that. Go easy on yourself. Don't turn it all the way up. Just slowly turn it up to your liking. And when you put them on, I tend to stand in front of the mirror and turn around so that you can check where on the glutes it's positioned. You can have it up a little bit higher, or a little bit lower on your, on your butt cheek, depending on where of which area of the glutes you would rather target because we have our glute min, we have our glute med, and then we have our glute max, and they're all different muscle groups. However, if you have it kind of centered in the middle, it's going to be relatively evenly displaced. And then you have the control with your finger to just reach behind and turn it up as you need to. And then you just lie down on your stomach. And I say lie down on your stomach because it's going to preserve the life of the of the hydrogel sticky pads. And you don't have gravity trying to slowly pull the pads off. And you just lie there and it will contract your glutes and your thighs for around 15 minutes before it powers off. You can scroll on your phone. You can read your book. You can watch tally. And you've done one heck of a solid glute workout by the time you get up. That's what I want to talk to you about. So uh, my first question would be how many times, I know you can't recommend as in how many times should I be doing it because everyone's different, but is there a a very, is there a guide? I just dropped the box, sorry. Is there a guide into how many times you could be doing this per week? I say, so you'll get inside your booty kit, you'll get a booty plan routine. So on that, I say to aim for five to six times per week. And that's purely a guideline. You can safely do it every day should you wish to do so. And you could do it less than that if you didn't want to do want to do it that many times as well. It's, it's really up to you. But for women, what we know through scientific testing is that little and often is best. Okay. 
rather than trying to do a, a big chunk at once and only yep. once a week or something. Okay, that makes sense to me. Now, for women who were doing it, say, like I did on the lower mode, what what could we say that would be equivalent to in terms of a workout? Because I know you just said at the end you'll feel like you've done a big workout. The second part to that question would be, should that just be the workout or should I still be coupling it with my Pilates. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. So first of all, I haven't done any scientific lab testing as to which exactly uh, how many squats or lunges, etc. it would equate to because you've got 10 different intensity levels per mode and there's so many variables. But you could say that it could be equivalent to around 300 squats, like body weight squats, doing okay. a session of EMS. Yeah. Yep. And okay. there have been studies that have been undertaken just in general on EMS, and some of those would say it would equate to even more squats. But, yeah, I'm not going to put myself out there and say that it would be that good because 500 squats is quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what what I'll say is while it's working, if you reach your hand back and you feel your glute, you can feel the the level of the contraction that you're getting in that glute. and. I know for a fact for myself, and I'm quite active, that I can't get quite that squeeze happening just with the squat myself. Okay. However, right. it's it, it's a different variable because you don't have the factor of load, say a 60 kilo back squat. It's going to cause quite a lot of damage to the muscle fibers themselves, whereas this is is strengthening the muscle and the muscles contracting via an electronic impulse. And yeah. then you have variables of the control as to how hard you want your muscles to contract. Okay. And also in the in the kit, so we have we have your EMS, that's one portion. We yes. have an array of different booty bands which you use for the online training program, which comes with each kit. Yep. Uh, which is done through an online training portal. And then we have cupping therapy set, which comes with a, an oil. Yeah. And then you have a set of silicone cups. So mm -hmm. those work by suctioning to the skin. Oh, yeah. That and then you move those around. So. Oh, okay. You can squeeze it like that, or you can push the top of the cup down and then suction it onto your skin. And we know that cupping's been used for centuries, right, for, for a number of different health benefits, but I'll just list a few for those who may not know. It improves your blood circulation, especially to the area that you're working. So if we are working with, say, the glutes and the thighs, it's going to promote blood circulation to the muscles and the fascia and the tissues all in that area that we're working it's okay. also lifting the layers, so it's creating suction. And this is one of the main reasons why cupping is, is used in a number of different treatments is because we have the layers of the muscle, the fat. We have these layers of that fascia, connective tissue as well. And a lot of that stuff can get stuck. So the fascia can get stuck. And our layers in our tissue should all be moved should all be made to slide and glide, including the pelvic floor, which is where some people get adhesions in the pelvic floor. It's like a knot, like a knot in your shoulder, but it's a knot in your pelvic floor. So that's okay. usually related to the fascia and the muscle. And then when we have 
the cup suction the tissues up, it lifts everything away from each other and it promotes movement between the layers. So when we do that and we get the improved blood flow, our blood is what delivers the nutrients to that area of the body. So we're getting a, a, a an injection of nutrients into the tissues in that area and we're also promoting elasticity through the skin as well. Okay. I'm just soaking all of that in because... <laughs> I, when I first initially got this, I thought this was purely for cellulite treatment, but now I'm connecting the dots between the beginning of your conversation when we were talking about fascia and how it's, the, you know, new collagen and it's the glue. It now makes a whole lot more sense on how with my prolapse it's going to be more supportive. So it isn't just aesthetics. It's no, aesthetics is the byproduct. That's just the happy. That's the happy ending of of using the cupping therapy. Is is and it all comes back to structure of the human body, right? So cellulite is is the fascia. We have these bands of fascia which connect our skin through uh, to our deeper tissues, and then when our bands of fascia get tight, they pull and they tug on that skin up the top. And then when we have other fascia over here, which is damaged and say like stretch marky and damaged, then the skin is already weakened. And so our fat cells, which are circular, can push up between where the fat, where the fascial bands join the skin. Yeah. And it creates that dimpling effect. But mm. what we're trying to do is actually create a way to help fix the structural problem, which is that your fascial bands are too tight. You've got poor circulation in that area, which is just, it's, just, you know, it's a health issue rather than a, an aesthetic issue because women have cellulite and it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. You might be able to manage it, but we can't push a button and take cellulite away. It's something that we need to, except with a little bit of kindness and tenderness. Sure, would we rather not have it? Yes, but likelihood is it's here to stay with us, at least mm -hmm. at some point through the aging process. It's going gonna, it's gonna to occur. What I do just want to say, which I might not have had a chance to tell you when we're offline, your booty bands are amazing. So I've had them for Pilates, but I used traditionally had the rubber silicone ones. Uh -huh. But it's you put them up around your legs and you are doing bridges or you are doing clams they roll and then yeah. they get stuck and then you can't use them so yes I'm glad that you've got one because mine's literally sitting on my reformer right now and so they're a pack of three and you have different resistance levels for each inside the fabric bands they've got some some fibrous bands which will help stick to your legs or your tights while you're working out so that they don't move and then we also have a traditional rubber tube which this is a powerful little tube <laughs> the workout that's associated with this tube through the online portal is called the tube of fire because this really works and burns the glutes like absolutely nothing else. And it, they provide amazing results. And it's something that you'll find these little tubes prescribed through physiotherapy offices all around the world. They're, they're, they don't look like much, but my gosh, they can do some damage in a good way. You know, we're trying to damage the muscle fibers and then as they repair, they thicken. And that's how we create muscle tone. Okay, I gotcha. I got you. Yes, my son loved that one the most. He was kind of using it as a snorkel to blow air in my face. And I was like, mate, this is mummy's stuff. This is mummy's time and mummy's booty care. And I'm, I'm, I will say 
I'd love to follow up with you because I'm, I'm really, really just new to this. I only have done it twice. And so maybe in, how long would you say, like, you know, like they say 21 days to create a really good habit. Would it be around about, you know, a month or three months where we could check back in and I can show, tell you how often I have actually done it? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm in commitment and then uh, explain to you what kind of outcomes and I guess to our listeners too, what I was able to experience from it, I think would be helpful. Absolutely. I'll just run through quickly what the training portal is and what it looks like and then how that relates to women who have prolapse or pelvic floor dysfunction and then they want to embark on on a journey to strengthen up their glutes. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, this product is not designed specifically for prolapse. I just, I wouldn't go there and I don't think many people would because there's no one size fits all for prolapse. How this product can help women with prolapse is that Like we mentioned before, if you strengthen up the glutes, that's going to directly help prolapse as well. However, the online training program is, it had to be designed one way or another, right? So it's designed for you to go at your own pace. However, the pace is suggested, sorry, to be six times per week for the entry level program, which I would suggest for women with prolapse, they would want to either purchase the baseline kit, which is the glute only at home workout training program, or upgrade to add on the core package, which is called the slim waist package. And therefore you get both types of training for women with prolapse. Some women will be able to do some things that will not aggravate their prolapse that other women cannot. And so it's really individualized and it comes down to listening to your body while you're doing it and taking note of your symptoms. If you become more symptomatic, such as when you've tried a squat that made you more symptomatic. So there are certain workouts within the kit that I can pretty much say most women with prolapse very high, very, very high. I want to say all, but I'm not going to say all. <laughs> Almost all women with prolapse would benefit from the tube of fire. And there's a bridge city workout program as well, which has a whole lot of bridges in it. And we all know bridges are amazing for prolapse because we're using gravity as our friend. We're strengthening all of the muscle groups. So this involves a whole lot of bridges, which we know is very beneficial for women with prolapse because we're using gravity as our friend. However, within the bridge city workout, it's set at quite a pace, which does move quite quickly because it is focused. I mean, it's, it's, you've got to try to get somewhere in the middle for everyone. And if it's not at your pace, you just slow down and you modify it to the pace that you want to go at. And it might be that, say, a a bridge with your feet elevated on a stool works really well for you. However, moving to a single leg bridge from a stool is too much. So use your own intuition and listen to your body to see how far you can go. Yeah. And some of the workouts for women with a high-grade prolapse would probably just be off the table at least for quite a while. And that would be a couple of the workouts which involve things like squats, like low squats, lunges, etc. Mm-hmm. If they're too much for you, then you can always just go back and work on the things that, that do work for you and maybe use your EMS kit on the days that those workouts are allocated where you um, don't want to partake in. 
but you can go at your own pace. It's, it's absolutely under your control. And then with the core program for women with prolapse, there's no core exercise that is, is bad for a pelvic floor. All core exercises are okay. It comes down to managing your pressure. So within that program, you've got a few videos which are really important to go through of how to do a Kegel correctly and mm-hmm. also just how to contract your core correctly. And that all comes down to breathing mechanics as well. Within that slim waist package, you have hyperpressive exercise, okay. which is absolutely prolapse friendly should you want to try it. It re- it works the pelvic floor and the core via a, a stomach vacuum where it suctions everything up under reduced intra-abdominal pressure. And then you also have your traditional core training. So it might be for someone with prolapse that they would want to start with just watching the instructional videos on how to correctly work your pelvic floor and your core and then moving into the hyperpressive exercise program. And then mm-hmm. once your pelvic floor and your core are working nicely, you might want to try the traditional core program, which you have beginner and advanced. Obviously, I'd want you to start at the beginner level. And again, some of the exercises might be okay for you and some may not. Use your intuition and listen to your body. And it really comes down to using your breath and managing your core pressure whenever you're working with core exercises in particular. Yes. And and look, I think for anyone's listening and they would like to try it for themselves and you already have like an exercise program or like a, in terms of a physiotherapist, talk to them about it. Say, hey. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I'm thinking get about Get an internal t- assessment, you know, get an internal assessment from your pelvic floor physical therapist. Yeah. Ask them what state your pelvic floor is in. And this is it's really important for women who who don't have a large budget to go out and work with a pelvic floor PT or a personal trainer every week because, let's face it, that's really expensive. The booty kit program is a one-off cost. It's really low in cost. That should not be an issue. However, people say, I, I don't go to pelvic floor physiotherapy because I can't afford it. And But what you could potentially invest in is one session Every now and then, maybe every three months, maybe every six months, depending on your budget, to go in and get an assessment, especially prior to starting an exercise regime, and say, mm-hmm. what's my pelvic floor like? If they come to you and they say, you're hypertonic, well, then you automatically know I shouldn't be doing too many Kegels, etc. and then you can use that information um, for your exercise programming to know how far you can push yourself as well. And then if they say, you know what, your pelvic floor is in a pretty good spot. You can use that as confidence. Just it's whether it's good news or bad news, it's information that's important for you. And then you can see the same physiotherapist, not a different one, see the same one three months or six months later. And then you can compare what your pelvic floor has done in that time frame. And remember that your pelvic floor physical physical therapist may not make notes on your file as in her pelvic floor did this and this and this and this and this. So take a pen and a paper and and write it down because you might forget. And then you can go back and you can say, oh, I took some notes last time I was here. This is what you told me. They will look at the paper and they will know that you can even get them to write it down for you and then take that back to them on your next session and just get a checkup. The, the progress. I love all of that. And I think that anyone listening right now, hopefully can feel like, a, let, let it go a little bit. Don't feel like there's only one way 
to try and resolve your prolapse or try and reverse your prolapse. There are multiple ways and multiple avenues and lots of different ways, but be prepared for your journey. This is why we use this, we overuse this word journey because where you are now and where you're going to be in three months and six months can look very different. Absolutely. Meet, meet yourself where you're at on your journey. And I, look, I, I'm just literally talking about this right now. If you are in a place where the finances or the location barrier or whatever it is is stopping you, go to all the free stuff first. Dr. Bree, you know, Kim Vopney, you know, all of the exercises for free on YouTube are there. Start there. Absolutely. As you progress or if you are able to to change your circumstance in any way, then go into it. Don't feel like you've got to build Rome in a day, as Mm. they say. And let's try and change the mindset from I need to reverse my prolapse to I want to improve improve my pelvic floor function for me i want to improve my full body function i want to improve my pelvic floor function i want to improve my breathing i want to do some breath work i want to try to get my core working nicely and i want to improve the strength of my glutes and my lower body yeah and then change your mindset from being so prolapse fixated and to bring it back to this is who I am and I want to improve my body. This is where my body's at and I want to improve the function of my body. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were talking earlier that we work in this space where a lot of women feel very vulnerable, right? I'd love to finish it off here in this this last message. We talk about vulnerability. We talk about, well, there's so many women affected, 50% of the population, et cetera. We feel shame. We feel taboo. We feel embarrassed. But let's change that narrative too. And this is what this whole season three is all about, is going from a place of vulnerability, shame, taboo, um, I hate my body, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, I'm not living like this, to going towards this is what I've got, like you said, and this is what I can do, and this is how I can help empower myself and my children, my daughter, whatever it is, to not have to feel like that, that vulnerable person. You're not trapped. Yes. That to some people might be hard to hear right now if they're there, if they've just been diagnosed. I understand that and I hear you because we we have been you. (laughs) We have been there, absolutely, yeah. And it's it's hard, you know, to feel like you're stuck in a box and that you have no control. And I think it's important to try to work towards regaining control of yourself and and confidence and being able to do something, that you can do something for yourself and that you don't have to have a whole lot of money. You don't have to have the best specialists around. There's a whole lot of free resources out there and even breath work and meditation, you know, trying to just relieve some of that that stress and that pressure that we put on ourselves as as humans and as women and to trying to get into a little bit more of a, a healing and positive minds mindset. Agreed. Agreed, my friend. I can't thank you so much for all of your insight, wisdom, love and support for us and our community. And thank you so much, Haley. Thank you, Steph. So I'm really interested to know what you think of today's episode. There was a little bit of me that was worried that the messaging behind the importance of 
feeling good being mixed with the aesthetics and how we look in the whole booty kit. I was a little bit hesitant, but I'm really interested to know what your takeaway was. You can either leave a comment below if you are watching this on YouTube, or if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, you can send us a message on Instagram at Brave Mama. And just before we go, if anyone is listening and doesn't yet know, we do have two publications that can also further support you. Number one is The Day My Vagina Broke, what they don't tell you about childbirth. And the second one is our tips and tricks for women living with prolapse. There are links in the show notes to both of these as well if you'd like to check out and see if they are for you. And for anyone who is looking for free resources and support, we also have our tips and tricks for women living with prolapse private Facebook group. We are very active in there and very supportive for anyone who is looking to have that extra level of nurturing and support while you're on this journey. So we're looking forward to bringing you that conversation for Cesarean Section Awareness Month next week. And until then, bye for now. Chances are, if you can still hear my voice, you are a dedicated podcast listener. And I would like to bet that maybe one day you would like to start your own podcast too. Today's episode was brought to us by our podcast partner, Podbean. They are home to over 600,000 podcasts and Podbean is your one-stop shop for everything that you need to start your own podcast. So whether you're in a studio like me or you're on the go, Podbean's tools allow you to record, upload and promote your podcast in a matter of minutes. You can download the free Podbean app today to get started. And if you use the code BRAVEMUM30, you can get your first 30 days of podcasting hosting for free.